Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Drive and Dish Podcast. There's the Drive and Dish. Quick, quick. Welcome to your Kodak moment, my friend. To start it off, it's Kevin Rafuse and Justin Kuzart. Let's go. Another week of NBA football to break down. Uh, NBA football, wow. <laughs> Sorry, dude. We're all over the no, place, man. The crazy, and I was literally going to say when we got to me eventually that I want to apologize because it's been a rough start to the morning. So if I, my voice is a little uh, eh, that's why. Shoot. We're, we, derailed, <laughs> we derailed in record time on that one. Welcome uh, to the Driving to NBA podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We got a lot of hoops to talk about. We got a lot of hoops to talk about, but we also, you and I, like listening to this podcast, at the time that you are listening to it with us, you will know that Kevin and I will either be really ecstatic or really sad because both of us have football games happening tonight. And that's why I accidentally slipped up and said football because before we started, we were talking about Jags. We were talking about Eagles and, and what's going on. But, but uh, obviously we're not going to, well, I am going to drop this before the games, but most likely people will be listening on Sunday or Monday. So you'll know where we stand on our happiness level of of football side of things but there uh, is a lot Eagles of lose the giants i am down horrendously as the kids <laughs> say like horrendously multiple l's will be handed out um yes. hopefully not hopefully it's all dubs uh but either way there's a lot of nba basketball to talk about uh there was a paris game which is pretty cool uh first one in three years if i'm not mistaken so we're going to warm up with that we're going to get into some trade deadline stuff, some uh, teams that are probably or we think should be sellers in the uh, trade deadline market. And then uh, we'll we'll wrap up talking a little bit of Nuggets, a little bit of um, uh, Grizzlies, because obviously uh, the Grizzlies win streak was just ended. And now the Nuggets win streak is the longest in the NBA. Uh, so we'll talk about that and, and, and more as we take up uh, an hour here with you through the Driving Dish NBA podcast. So the Paris game, it happened. It's cool. Do you have any other thoughts other than that? Like, I really, I, again, it's, 
I always feel bad when, when, I mean, it was Pistons Bulls, right? Like, man. <laughs> it happened. It was cool, though. It's my favorite way to just tell you, like, yeah, all right. That was the thing. Um, <laughs> no, it, I mean, yeah. It's the true, match- though. Like, we're not sending, I, I get I get it. Like, I, it's really cool to have those games go on. Like, Killian Hayes my- was there. But, but. Like, no, the best the best part is how the NBA framed it. So the NBA framed it uh, going up into the matchup, and it was like the six-time champion Chicago Bulls are taking on the three-time champion Detroit <laughs> Pistons. And I'm like, bro, I get it. But like both of which are shells of, of those teams right now. We need to get Kate over there. That's the worst part. Um, they just, you know, it, it, Detroit is who it is at this point. But no, I mean, it was a fun game overall. I mean, Zach That's Levine cool. dropped. 30 um so there's a little a bit show. of star power there over there and i mean really it was it was the I, I, the support over there for the game itself like there was a lot of star power over there um and i mean adam silver after the game literally announced the deal with the french president emmanuel macron um talking about how they want to grow the game there and expand the game yeah. there so i think we're going to see more of this like we said it's happened before this is a three-year gap um, I mean, really, all of I, I mean, we know the potential is there worldwide to kind of have games in a lot of different places. And yeah, of course, I think the one like the NBA's got 82 games. The NFL gets games wonder, over there and they have 17 a year. Like for the NBA, I think it's it's much easier to sell this. And in theory, like I don't want to say you can make a whole road trip out of this for some teams, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see like two or three game sets over there and you just do them in a couple different cities. Or what if you did like and I thought this would be fun. Um again, I understand the money side of things follows this so taking them out of the US and out of those arenas there is a little bit of that. But what if you like NBA bubbled it? Um say you send out six teams and for a week, they interplay each other at the Paris bubble type yeah. thing, you know, and then you can have the players do some like, uh, you know, media stuff and have them out in the community a little bit and, and kind of really grow it. And then they get a sample of a few games. Again, the timing's weird. And from like a um, f- from a from a U.S. viewership, you might take a hit depending on how everything lays out. But like, I think that would be a really cool thing for you know, like the the NFL, right? When they send people over to London, it's kind of like a week long thing. Uh, although the players get there, like you know, a few days beforehand, there's still like media that leads up to it and all this stuff. And there was this for the NBA game, but if you have a whole week of six teams interplaying each other and joking around and out in the community and and talking and doing media, I think that would be really cool and and definitely probably uh, grow the fan base there. Well, and, you know, you heard Adam Silver talk about it, too, just in terms of the other Europe element. Like Giannis, for example, is, right. as you would imagine, super caping hard to get a game in Greece and, and right. mentioned how much like that would be a life goal for him. And and I think, of course, we end up seeing that in Athens sooner than later. Um, there are just multiple places that make sense for the NBA to play games in Europe. Right. And I mean, I think um, what was the uh, there was an NBA Africa announcement, too, and I'm blanking right now, but I'm pretty sure they're planning to play games in Ghana. I don't remember if it's preseason or if it was regular season officially announced. Um, I'll look that up at some point during the show. Um, but yeah, I mean, between NBA Africa's expansion, between playing games in Europe, um, between the ability that they have to sell out large crowds if they decide to go over in Asia, whether it's in China, whether it's in Japan. Um, I mean, hell, they could even go down under, and I think you'd, you'd get a great crowd in Australia. Like, I mean, this is part of the NBA glow in the game globally. Or globally. Like, we know 
they've always had like the international appeal has always been there and i think that was what was good to see in paris is that the, the crowd did it showed up it was an event um you know they they really packed the stadium and you know the nba did a good and again like you said that's chicago and detroit i mean aesthetically it's not exactly the best basketball matchup this year um you know it, it's not like you sent over i don't know the the nuggets and the celtics i, I guess two of the two of the right. better teams this year right. but um, yeah, I mean, I, I certainly expect that we see a lot more of this. I mean, I'm curious to see specifically with France, just because of, you know, him meeting with the French president and them announcing this deal. Like, I'm curious to see how much it grows specifically there compared to other areas. But yeah, I think we're only going to see more of this. And I think with 82 games in a season, I mean, even if you want to make the argument that each team only has 41 home games, which is true it's not really difficult to sell to the fans that a couple of the games are, are going to be overseas. Like you got plenty of other times to see your team. By the way, uh, to that, to the Africa stuff, uh, the NBA and the LNB, which is France's top professional basketball league, mm -hmm. uh, which is where uh, Victor Wembenyama is. Um, they're going to share practices uh, across team and league business operations. And then they said that the NBA and the LNB will also explore uh, exhibition games and events featuring both leagues and basketball Africa League BAL teams and players uh, France and the NBA plan to further invest in basketball infrastructure in Africa including multi-purpose facilities that can host those kind of games that will drive growth uh, economic growth and communities across the continent so that's pretty cool I mean yep. yeah I'm all about it I think that's really fun and I, I think a lot of you know the players like doing those kind of community things. So I think this speaks for everybody that they'd be kind of on board and in on it, you know? Well, and you talk about Wembenyama, like we, how much of a success it was when they had, right. when he played the G League Ignite earlier and how much of a showcase that was. I mean, he was at the game itself. There's the picture of him and Magic Johnson um, just dwarfs him. It's crazy. Magic's 6'9", and Wembenyama's got like a full <laughs> on him. That's um, wild. But yeah, no, I mean, obviously super excited to see. And know, I mean, it's approaching. It's soon. And by the way, just to to put it uh, out there, Adam Silver, you know, while talking about all this, he also talked about LeBron James passing Kareem as the all-time leading points champ. I thought it was interesting the way he worded it. He said, "Report." He the way he reported it or said it to reporters was like, "Don't whiff when LeBron passes Kareem as the NBA all-time leading points champion." I guess he's saying like, "Don't underplay it." Is the way I took it. Yeah, which I, I get what he meant, but I was like, "What do you mean? Like, are do you think there's any chance the media whiffs on reporting LeBron James is now the all-time leading point champ? Like, I don't think anybody's gonna whiff on that. Like, it's we already have a countdown. Like, it's supposed to happen at the beginning of February or first half of February. Like, there's zero percent chance it is." underplayed in any way see i disagree i think it you weirdly think? is being underplayed and i and it's strange because it is such a like it's not getting really i don't think counted enough towards lebron's legacy especially because what, what's our knock against lebron if the lebron fans have one is that that he's been known as a passer like he's not an offensive first guy he's sure, never the sure. guy who would go and get a bucket yet here he is about to be the all-time nba scoring leader i mean the longevity should be appreciated. I think what I think the reason if there's one this year that it may not get the accolades that it would have otherwise is just because the Lakers are kind of bad. Like they're they're fine. They're not the worst team in the league. But yeah, I, I don't think anybody remotely thinks the Lakers are a threat to win the title or contend or do anything crazy this year. 
And so I think to that extent, maybe there's a little bit taken out of it. It's like LeBron's going off on this team that just isn't very good. Sure. Um, but the other part should be if you're just marveling at it, like LeBron James is 38 years old. He's still dominating every night. Like he's not playing like he's borderline playing at an MVP level right now. Like what you are see- we talking about? You see him and Jaw jarring a little bit. He was, I forget which other <laughs> Grizzlies player, but he's like, if you start scoring, then you can start talking. And John Moran's like, yo, Bron, chill, chill, I think man. It was ba- I think it was Desmond Bain is what started uh, it, but they're okay. all like, I mean, we're going to talk about the Grizzlies later, but like, yeah, the Grizzlies are without a doubt the, like, the Grizzlies are beloved by a lot of people, but the Grizzlies are really good at making enemies to out of everybody. And in some way, I respect the consistency. Like, they always are bringing it. And I mean, again, we'll we'll save it. We got a lot more Grizzlies talk later on the episode. I think, but it is, though, like, it, it is such a, um, yeah, to break the NBA scoring record, like, I have no idea if this record ever gets broken again in our lifetime. Like, I, I do feel yeah. like there should be, like, we're so used to having LeBron around that it, it is just kind of, we just take it for granted almost at this point. But like, I get what Adam Silver's trying to say. Like, this is one of the hardest records in the NBA sure. to break. Um, and I mean, like, look at who he's taking it from, from Kareem, one of the all times himself. Like, you, I mean, you know, my opinion, I don't think there's any way Kareem's lower than top three on the list all time. So yeah, I can understand where it's like, yeah, make it the event that it should be. Like, this is not LeBron breaks records all the time. This one is different. Like this yeah. really is one of the, I mean, if you're going to, make the argument for him as the greatest player of all time like that's pretty close to the top of the achievement list when you make that argument for sure for sure i i agree i was just kind of surprised i i I think when he does it it's going to be such a spectacle on espn and sports shows everywhere i was like there's zero percent chance in my mind that it's a whiff maybe people don't grasp the achievement right off the rip for what it is because we're so used to seeing LeBron James be LeBron James that we won't fully understand it until he's out of the league maybe. But but I was like, there's 0% chance when it happens. It's not all over everything. There's not, you know, for, for the radio side of things, there's not push notifications being sent out and pictures after the game and they're not going to stop the game the second he doesn't and all the players are going to congratulate him on the court like that's exactly what's going to happen so i don't know I, that was that was the only thing that kind of surprised me that he said yeah I, I i get what you're saying a little bit there but um you know you, you got respect adam silver's a good businessman too he's trying to set the table for it so of course he wants <laughs> the eyes on them like yeah of i would course. Get, put all the eyes on that game you know just good for the league welcome everybody to the driving dish nba podcast my name is kevin rafe joining me as always my co-host justin kuzart that cardigan smooth though um, so I know this is about Shannon Sharp, so I'll get back to that in a sec. <laughs> I completely had one of my own that I forgot to mention to you that I wanted to bring up. So oh. I'm gonna go to, I'm gonna pull that here, hang on for a second. But in the meantime, I'm gonna guess because they weren't playing in the game, so it's nobody from Memphis or uh the Lakers, because this is uh, clearly about Shannon Sharp last night. Um I let's see. Uh, how about Kuzma? Is it Kuzma? No, it is Iggy. Although I think JJ Reddick also said something similar. Like he did. He said about the cardigan. Yeah, <laughs> the cardigans get a lot of love. It's like three grand. We looked it up online. Wow, um, is it really? Oh yeah, it's like three thousand dollars. Um, Shannon Sharp is in great shape too. Like that's the thing. Still, is like that man is with like he's yeah, one of but, the best football but, players of all time. He's like that dude's in his sixties and he, he just looks and, like he's ready to go suit up tomorrow. 
And and Shannon Sharp was out there talking about nobody wanted that smoke, nobody wanted that. I think Stephen Adams wanted that. Like Stephen so, Adams legitimately looked ready, <laughs> and so many people were trying to push him back, and he did not move. Like nobody was moving Stephen Adams. So Stephen Adams is the one player there. When I say I don't think a lot of people would want to fight Shannon Sharp, it wouldn't go that well. Stephen Adams is probably the only exception where I'm like, no, it might go well. He might yeah, win. Yeah, like none of those other um, guys really do actually want to get into that altercation. Now, I have feelings about the altercation in general, but I'll let you get your tweet off first. Oh, no, no, no. I'll come back to the tweet because the tweet can be – it'll be kind of funny afterwards. No, my thoughts on the altercation is that it, it's it's a really weird borderline because Shannon Sharp works in the media when he hosts that right. show with Skip Bayless. And so I don't want my media members first row jawing somebody with You're, the Grizzlies, right. like getting back and forth because there's no one doubting that, the, that Shannon Sharp started this. Like he was trash-talking right. Dylan Brooks and said you can't guard LeBron. And then Dylan Brooks, of course, is Dylan Brooks, and so he's going to respond. And like, yep. like we know the Grizzlies get up for this and they live for this and they love to talk smack back they're not afraid of everybody that's why so many people find them endearing like I, but they also bring it out of people sometimes like i mean look what it does with the warriors clay thompson literally doesn't getting him mad at a fly he plays the grizzlies mm -hmm. and he's like doing every mad. mode of trash talk you could do <laughs> out there yeah um well, and that's, and that's the part that, okay, so like, like, like you Zach said. Zach Lowe came out and was drawing Dylan Brooks on the sideline, everyone would have a problem with it. And so that's kind of my point is it's like, yes. yo, Shannon, I know it's different because these guys love you and you are a former professional athlete, a Hall of Fame caliber former professional athlete. Like there is a mutual level of respect there. I understand that. But I don't think if you're like. It's weird to play the media game. And I know, again, it's an opinion-based show as well. There should be something to be said about that. Like, Shannon Sharp's right. a known LeBron fan. He's, he really goes which, hard for the which, Lakers. By the way, I hadn't noticed this until recently, like, uh, because uh, I've been putting on Get Up a lot in the mornings recently. I've noticed even when they do predictions, and it's more NFL, whoever, like, the reporter is covering that game, like, isn't allowed to make predictions because they're supposed to be... Right. You know, they're not supposed to be biased. So I totally get that side of it but again like you say like if you and i go to if i go to a jags game right and i'm in the media press box there's a certain level that you have to conduct yourself at I will or you will get your media privileges taken away you're right i'll also say that shannon sharp was not sitting in the press box if it was sitting right. in the press box then i think it would be a hundred percent inappropriate with no bottom line i also don't think he'd be able to do this from the press box like that would really right. be something if you're chirping but, from up there and then um, and then to that though like like Again, he's uh, like, I'd imagine he didn't pay for those tickets. If he did, okay. But I would imagine he's there through a media outlet, right? So then you reflect that media outlet. And again, I know he's such a personality that he's going to do that regardless of where he goes. Like, you kind of have to understand once you get to a level, you're like that. It's but a like, weird balance if you're on sports talk. Like, I get right. that you should have an opinion and that that's a thing. And I get that he's in a different type of role. I don't expect Shannon Sharp to be an objective journalist. But right. I also don't think if you host a sports talk show that you should actively be getting in a situation where right. you're getting into fights with borderline the players on the court side. Like, I just think that's a, that's just like you're right, because other other report like I'm trying to think of an of, of maybe a better example, like maybe if that was perk for example or if that was well, but, but, okay, but, but, hold or, on but that's my thing is perk his his perkins is a great example of this right because i thoroughly thought perk was going to go in on shannon sharp and be like that's 
messed up. That's wrong. All this stuff. Perks tweet. Uh, I saw it this morning. I can't quote it because I don't have it fully up, but it was something along the lines of like, nobody wanted that smoke with Shannon Sharp. And I'm like, no, dude. Like if that was anybody else, if that was, if that was a fan, they'd be banned for life. You would not be yeah. coming back in that game. He went into the tunnel at halftime tweeted a few of the uh, uh, or or texted a few of the ESPN affiliates so that they could then quote tweet him and put it out there. And then he was back at half. And he was back at his seat because I saw it at the end of the game. I think it was Dylan Brooks with a shot. Shannon Sharp is sitting there yelling that his foot was out of bounds again at the ref. Like, no, that 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 doesn't happen for anybody else. You don't no. get back in that game and you're not back for a really long time if that's anybody else. Be a fan and just don't right. it, it's it goes down to the conduct thing. It's just like you can be a fan and you can talk right. trash, but it's just like it shouldn't become an active distraction. And when it does, you shouldn't just be able to use the high I'm a former professional athlete just because I'm right. respected that I can I, I don't know. I thought it was I think it's a bad look for Shannon Sharp. Like, and I and yeah. I do. I like Shannon Sharp a lot. Like, I really Which that think that show is going through some bad looks, regardless. Well, like, that show is going yeah. through bad looks because <laughs> Skip is out of his mind and right. just with with two multiple tweets. I mean, Skip also just like I can't believe Shannon Sharp. Like, if if you disrespect, if you talk to me and we would never do this, but and vice versa, if I talk to you the way that he did that one day when they were talking about Tom Brady and his own accomplishments, like we would have to have a conversation off the air where it'd be like, hey what's up like what like what's going on here i mean it was really like he was really demeaning shannon sharp to big up tom brady like i was that's kind of weird when you're co-host together yeah um, my tweet is uh and i quote so i'll let you guess this if you go and quit anything this year quit hating mm, it's it's an nba player right yeah, 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 of course. Oh, okay, just making sure, just making oh, no, sure. No, I'm not just going to go on Twitter and pick a random tweet. <laughs> like, who psycho is Psycho behavior. Oh, boy. I feel like that could be anybody. Oh, it can't be anybody. Is so. it? Is it an obvious person, though? No, 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 oh, no. Okay. No. Mm. East Coast or West Coast? East Coast. Okay, so I'm leaning Kevin Durant. Okay. I'll go Kevin Durant. It's not Kevin Durant, it's Paul Reed. <laughs> I just really like that motto. <laughs> Zero really percent chance I was getting. No, that. It just really made me laugh the other day. It's a great New Year's resolution for uh, for everybody who's looking for one. If you're definitely yeah. gonna quit anything, quit hating for uh, sure. Leave us a review on iTunes, good or bad. Or read them on the podcast. We prefer if you weren't hating on there. Yeah. Uh, if you're not an Apple user, Google Play Store, Spreaker, Spotify, TuneIn, Amazon Music, Stitcher, anywhere you find podcasts, you can find us. And obviously follow us on YouTube. You can find us Driving Dish NBA Podcast. Uh, give us a subscription. That way you know when we are dropping another episode, video versions there. Uh, we'll also have links to the podcast episodes as well. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here which means it's the perfect time to get away in the hyundai you've always wanted visit the hyundai getaway sales event where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning hyundai models like the tech-filled tucson and kona as well as the spacious palisade enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with america's best warranty and three years or thirty-six thousand miles of complimentary maintenance but hurry in these deals won't last add more joy to your journey at the hyundai getaway sales event now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event.
Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hey, it's Justin, one half of the Driving Dish NBA podcast. Thanks for checking us out. If you hear something that you want to continue the conversation on after the podcast, be sure to hit us up, Driving Dish NBA on Facebook, or find Kevin and myself individually on Twitter. Find Kevin at Refuse to Lose, or find me at Justin C on the air. Hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. So let's talk about NBA sellers at the NBA deadline as it approaches for us. Um, I feel like a good amount of teams could be pegged as sellers. So let's go through a, a few of them. Um, I guess let's start with the Spurs. I think the obvious, the, the obvious thing with the Spurs is that in the standings, <laughs> they're towards the bottom. Yeah. And there is probably some debate that they are in going for uh, Victor Webanyama. So is there a debate? <laughs> they're not in last you know they have 14 well, they wins, have fans is... going to the arena with custom-made Wembenyama jerseys already yeah but they've got 14 wins compared to like rockets pistons hornets have 12 and 10 respectively so like you know they're still not last but um that trading away some people could help with that <laughs> so... no 15,000 percent i mean the mo- the obvious move with the spurs that's going to watch is purtle um yeah, purtle is the one that is going to now he's going to fetch a high price like i think he's going to get a first rounder for whoever pries him um I, boston would be borderline invincible i think if they pry him um i think every contender should be like at least taking a look at him for sure mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. but I, I do i think he's one of those he's one of the guys that's going to control the deadline when you look at the players because i don't think there's like last year the deadline for example we saw james harden get moved i don't think there's anything remotely on that caliber and again it's the nba i don't want to say never but i don't think there's anything remotely that caliber that's going to happen but i do think there's a couple teams here that can but really do you- I, I guess it's not that caliber, but maybe like if if a Westbrook moves somehow, would that be that level caliber in terms of recognition? Sure, but like yeah. no, I, I don't think in terms of actual ability at this point, it would be okay. in that caliber. Um, I mean, the only thing that could get close is, and we'll talk Raptors in a second, but like if the Raptors were to move Pascal Siakam, I think that would be a massive sure. deal. Sure. Um, I just like, I struggle to see them moving Siakam, nor do I think they should. Like he's by far their best player, um, still playing at an all NBA level. Like I think them retooling is the right direction. And, and cause this isn't working as it's currently constructed, but Siakam is a, like, you really got to bring the Kings ransom if you're going to pry Pascal Siakam for me. Well, what I think is interesting, and we'll get to the Raptors because they're on our list here. But, um, yeah, I think a lot of these guys are going to surprisingly have a high price tag, right? Like, Pirtle, you know, for what he is and what he's going to need, like, like I, I see him tied to the um, uh, Celtics, right? And it's because they need somebody else that can be down there to potentially bang around with Joel Embiid and and Giannis and and in a, in a way just get in the way also you know, and so uh, it's also worth pointing out that the Spurs haven't really made many trade deadlines uh, trades. They did with Derek White and Thad Young, um, but before that they hadn't done anything until all the way back in two thousand five. So like. Wow, really? Yeah, that, CBS put that stat out. Yeah, they said that uh, last season's Derek Wright and Thad Young deals was their last trade trade deadline trade of note uh, was 2005. Wow. So, you know, they're not huh. a team. They're not a team. If if that 
stat is correct. They're not a team that makes a move that often. So you got to really entice the the Spurs here. And so I wonder what that price tag is. I think somebody will is the point. I think it's you like, have I, to, yeah. Because I don't think there's there's no incentive for the Spurs to keep Hurdle. Like, Hurdle's in his prime right now. He's not really going to get more than – like, he's not going to get more for you in terms of return-wise than I think he will right now. And by the time, realistically, your team is good and competing, like, he's not going to be out of his prime, but he's certainly going to be going in the wrong direction. I mean, I believe he's 28 years old right now. Um, so yeah, I would think I, Boston, you're right. I hundred, I mean, if you've got, if your big rotation is Pirtle and Al Horford and Rob Williams, I think you're really good going into the playoffs. Um, more importantly, towards the end of the stretch of the regular season, it allows you to rest Al Horford, make sure his legs are fresh and, you know, keep Rob, Rob Williams. Obviously the biggest thing is you're trying to maintain his health thought. So I think if you're able to take some minutes off his plate as well, I think that does a lot for the Celtics just long-term um, they're in the driver's seat right now for one, they got a four and a half game lead on Milwaukee and Philly as a recording this, they won eight in a row. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there are a couple of other teams as well. Um, I mean, I would love to see this, you know, selfishly as a homer, I'd love to see the Sixers get in there and get in the mix. And, and, you know, if there were a way to upgrade that Montrez Harrell spot a little bit, Trez has been playing fine, but I, I don't think the Sixers have the resources to do it. Um, keep an eye on the Bucks, maybe. Um, I mean, I know Brooke Lopez is playing a ton of minutes there. Um, the Bucks are going to trade Ibaka too. That was their big news this week. Is that they're going to Ibaka is going to sit out and that they're going to work on finding another uh, find a spot for him. Yeah, find a spot for him. So, um, I mean, everywhere. I mean, out west. Um, I, like Memphis, I don't think needs another big like that. Um, obviously with Denver, you've just got Jokic playing so many minutes that. I don't really, you know, Pirtle would be a great addition there without a doubt. Um, you know, New Orleans has Zion and Valanchunas. I mean, Dallas would be the other one that makes a lot of sense. Dallas needs a, a big, real bad, especially with Kleba still missing time. Um, I think that would really give them a boost. I feel um, like I, I feel like regardless of who we talk about today from a seller standpoint, Dallas is going to be like a probably could go after that guy because literally anybody to help Luca would be great. But specifically, like their big men right, are, right, are right. really in the mud right now. Like McGee's playing a bunch of minutes and it's not going great. Um, right. That's a, a really big area. I still think Boston, though, is the favorite to land him um, without a doubt. Um, and I think they should. I think they should be trying to go in and make a move there. Um, well, they should be uh, all Golden in State in general. Too is another one. I'd love to see Golden State go out and get another big specifically. Like I think, you know, Wiseman just hasn't been working. Um, you know, either if they're going to play Kuminga more, that's fine. Um, and you've obviously got Dre there as well, but I think you get a, a more traditional big there as well. I, I think he just, I don't know. I feel like you thrive in that offense. Yeah. Well, and, and again, I feel like that's what the draw for him is, right? Like he's probably a plug and play in most places and yeah, so he's, that's he's super why, tailored to today's nba right. like yaka is a really good player like there's a, a reason he's going to get a first here he's got the foot speed he can leverage his size he can go up against the other big guys there's going to be some drive for him like that's what you're going to want from him um although he seems to get posterized by john moran every year so oh, so is everybody apparently that's so fair, I, that's I, fair. I, I ain't even taking that as a knock anymore you posterized by john moran that just means you you tried to play defense a little you got bit. in the way I, and tried yeah I, 
I forget who tweeted the other day, but somebody tweeted, there's nothing more just like depressing than watch NBA coaches try to talk about playing defense in the modern era because it's just impossible like a lot right. of the time. Like that's what's crazy. And we talked about this a little bit is where it's like these guys are just so good now that it's not even like NBA teams are bad defensively. It's like they're playing great defense. It just doesn't they're matter so damn good. Well, you know, did you see this kind of, I don't know why that made me think of it, but Luca the other day got called for a carry. Um, and then he got upset and he hits a three and he turns to the ref and he's like joking about the carry. And I was like, oh man, petty Luca, man. That's petty. That's petty. Uh, he's pe- I mean, it's petty. Yeah, it's good. Then thank God for the, re- I mean, good for the ref for not getting, making, escalating the situation, I should say, you know, right. Giving a um, or something. So moving on to another team, the Wizards. I feel like Kyle Kuzma has been talking about the trade deadline since the season started. So I would imagine. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so um, I'd imagine he's he's probably on the move at some point. Um, and 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 I think CBS put out an article about it, and and they were essentially saying, you know, really any playoff team that needs a wing is probably going to roll the dice on Kuzma. Now he's not like, according to them, significantly better. Um, this year than other years, but he has been known for his shooting, even if it's not good um, or the numbers don't say it's good right now. Like like he's known and he'll get somebody that's going to make a move on him to try to go with a, a smaller wing. Well, defensively too, I think that's the appeal to Kuzma is that you don't lose anything on that end. Um, right. It's really because the Wizards, there, there's been two conflicting. I mean, the obvious report is like what you said. Kuzma is going to be the one that got or is on the way out. Like, it's clear that he's not going to be there at the end of the season. Right. And so you try to get something now. There's a lot of reports out there. They're trying to trade Hakimura, uh, which hasn't worked you know, to this point, but I blame that more on the Wizards developing than anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just don't think they've Mm -hmm. developed him properly. It it feels like that should be the guy that they're trying to keep. You know, he's still young. He's still got some upside, like keep him in Washington. The other report is that they move Hachimura, that they're going to keep like they weren't that they're potentially going to re-sign Kuzma. Essentially, they want to build around Bradley Beal and Kuzma and Perzingis. So that would be a decision. (laughs) Um, like, I don't really know how else to like, that would truly be a choice to, to build your core around. Um, if you had to, if you had to guess what Kuzma's three point percentage is right now, what do you think it is? Uh, 34. You're pretty close actually. 33%. Yeah. He's never, but he's never like his, he's a career 33% three point shooter. In my mind, he was better than, but in, in my mind he was, and I don't know why. Like oh, in my I'm, mind, I thought I saw him as like, oh, he's that three point killer. Like, I don't know if maybe it's a few months he had with Lakers, but like, <laughs> I still think well, that. he can hit it. Like, it's that sh- right. like, he can for sure hit the shot. He's not just like, you know, guys are going to guard him a little bit and respect it. But yeah, I mean, Kuzma gets a lot done from the inside, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he his skill set, he's the type of player like like wings are always at a premium. I guess that's the thing in the NBA, too, right, is that. Right, so, right. yeah, I think a lot of contenders are, are trying to up their wing depth. Like, I think you look at. I mean, look what Andrew Wiggins did for the, the Warriors in the finals last year. Like, I think a lot of teams see Kuzma and see that type of player. Um, I don't think he's going to get a first or anything like that. Um, but, yeah, I think a lot of teams take a flyer on him for sure, or, or at least pick up the phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the like the Dallas Mavericks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I really hope that the Wizards don't, like, overpay for for everyone's sake in that franchise who cares about them remotely i pray that they don't like just dump the bag into kuzma and well, make and, that because they've already so 
to that, to that, which by the way, I guess we had we we might have pointed this out, but I might have missed it, is is because of Kuzma's salary situation and contract situation, like if you go get him, you're most likely also giving him a a multi-year contract this offseason. Um, if he's not with the Wizards, like you said, the Wizards would do that, but but other teams are probably going to have to do that too. So it's 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 go get him, but then you also have to pay him later on down the line. Um, not just like unless you really only want him for a little bit, and then it's a rental and, and you move on or you figure it out. But but still, I think that comes with the territory of that trade. I could see somebody taking a rental though. Like that's the thing is because if it's not an expiring and you're a contender and you want a rental, you're I mean you're not giving up anything. The Wizards, I, you would imagine are just happy to get value at this point. Um, if they're not keeping them, yeah. If they're not keeping him, And I mean, that's the question is what they do there. I think they should trade him. Like, I don't think, you know, get your value now. Like, I, yeah. I, and I certainly don't think you should be trading young guys. Like, we know that team is going nowhere fast. Right, 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 right. Um, and the other big one to watch in the East is Atlanta, which is with John Collins, who has been, it feels like in the trade rumors, like it's been him and Miles Turner. And ironically, like it feels like the Pacers are finally going to give Miles Turner a long-term extension and they're really happy with him and want to keep him locked in in Indy. Like Indy's been, which I don't really know why that's surprising necessarily because it was just him and Sabonis had the log jam and like they both are great players. You just had to wonder like if, if what, what would happen when it clears up. And now that it finally cleared up, like, it feels like he's just been comfortable this year. Indy's been one of the like surprises of the season. I mean, they're in play in position right now. They're in nine. Um, you know, if Toronto blows up the way they think they're going to, like you would imagine that they make the play in game. Um, obviously, Hallie, one of the, the big stories of the year, too. But, um, you know, uh, while Miles Turner, it feels like initially early on was it seemed like it was a big Lakers target, but it seems like he's going to end up staying in Indy and we'll go from there. Um, John Collins, though, has not escaped these trade rumors. Um, you know, certainly a His lot of whole career. It feels like ever since they made the, the finals run. Oh, and he signed the extension. Like that's the the thing too is like you wondered once he locked in is it's like okay after all that they came to a deal like it's long term and that apparently seems to be the hesitation with a lot of, of teams making a deal potentially here for John Collins is just taking on the money. Yeah. Um. And so I think like he could be one of the top return guys in my opinion had he not had a big deal with the big deal I think it takes a little bit away but he's probably going to cost a first at least. You think, uh, I, I mean, I, I kind of categorize it as if you were a team that was interested in Kuzma, you might as well be interested in Collins more, right? Um, A little bit. I mean, they, they're kind of different. Like Kuzma's playing more of a three where Collins is playing more four. Um, I don't expect Collins really to stretch the floor even remotely the way I do with Kuz. Sure, but sure. Yeah, I get, I get what you're saying to an extent for sure. Like if you're, yeah, if you need a wing, then potentially both these guys could be in play. And and to your point, Collins, I feel like has been in every trade rumor ever. I, you know, actually, now that we're thinking about it, a very interesting pairing for Kuzma and maybe Collins would be Utah. Pair oh, with, uh, pair like with for- Lord, like with Markinen, you, you pair maybe, maybe more Kuzma. Cause then you both stretch in the floor a little bit more, but that could be an interesting play. Yeah, it would be weird. I mean, I'm trying to, I guess it's, it depends where Utah's at. You know what I mean? Yeah, just because yeah. those guys, I mean, Collins a little bit more than Kuzma. Though, honestly, I check the ages on both of them. Um, Kuzma oh, was older when he, Kuz was older when he came in the league, but it feels like John Collins would be more of the type. Kuzma just Collins, doesn't seem like. Collins is 25. Okay. Kuzma is uh, 27. 
Okay, so Kuzma, yeah, I don't really know that he would fit their timeline necessarily. Maybe, Colin, maybe Collins, then you get Collins a guy that's might a little to be more. There. Like I, I think that would make a, a bit more sense. And I mean, Utah, Lord knows, has an ample amount of picks to get anything <laughs> done that they want to do. Right, they can trade for anybody they want. Okay, I, I'm just gonna say it. I got it. I got to get it out. I can't let it go anymore. That Rudy Gobert trade, I think, is the worst trade in NBA history. Ooh. It's pretty close. It's real. Like the fact that I'm already going, I might take Walker Kessler alone over Rudy, and and I know it takes time. And the teammates are are preaching that. And Minnesota's played a little better recently. They're probably gonna make the play in, but given what they gave up, and now how they essentially have no greater means of improving the team i don't know man like it, it, that is it's already like in i i would think maybe i'll give it a full year and i probably will but i'm i'm pretty i i think i'm firing the cannon dude it's horrible for minnesota like i i can't okay. find a good and Kessler's development just only makes it worse to me. Like that just continued to pour salt in the wound. Like that was my one thing is, oh, well, all right. They're, they're all picks. Maybe none of them pan out. The first one they got is already panning out. Yeah, he's getting his minutes. But I just, I like you said, I want to see it for a whole season. Like right now, Timberwolves, like you said, 23 and 24 in the ninth spot. They're seven they are and seven th and three in their last yeah, 10. Like, seven and, and three in their last 10. I want to just... I. I Maybe they're a second half season and they start showing us, they figure it out because uh, it's starting to feel like maybe the, the chemistry is starting to gel a little bit. I, I just want to see it a little bit longer. I, it was a lot to give up. So the fact that we are at a point where we're like, I want to see it a little bit longer is concerning from how much they gave up. But but I want to see it a little bit longer. And again, it takes time to learn to play with Gobert. Like a lot of what he does. I mean, he is yeah. he's a very unique player. Um, You do have to tailor your game around him a little bit i guess that's my greater point is that it's like yeah i'll tailor my game around joel Embiid. i'll tailor my game around nikola Jokic. i don't think you need to with nikola Jokic, but i'm just if i'm using the examples yeah. of big yeah, yeah, man yeah. like am i gonna tailor my game around rudy gobert like i don't know i they did a little bit in utah and they had some clear success with it like the mm -hmm. team was number one seed the one year um but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just like I'm sitting here and I'm looking at them at 23 and 24, and in a year where it feels like, which again we'll get into in a little bit, the Western Conference is more wide open than ever. Um, th this really could have been a year, I think, if they had just kept on the course. Like I think they had it naturally. It just feels like they, you know, it reminds me that sometimes you just go in early when you don't have to. I mean, it's it's not it, quite yeah. as drastic, but that's that was part of my beef with the Sixers is that I thought the Sixers pushed in way or and then once they pushed in, didn't stay pushed in. They try to do a little of both. Um, Minnesota, there. I mean, there's no maneuver here for a little bit of both. Um, I just don't want to get to a situation where you have to trade towns or God forbid Anthony Edwards. I don't think Edwards would ever be moved. Um, well, and, nor and, should he be, but. and this kind of fits in with that topic is another team that I think probably should consider being sellers is the Chicago bulls. 10th uh, yeah. place right now. They're 21 and 24, five and five in their last 10. Now, when I started doing that research, on them and you know is it uh do you trade vooch uh do you like who is it that you move type situation um the problem here is their ceiling this year i uh and maybe you agree with me or not is probably a low in play and exit or getting beaten the first round of the playoffs 
but because they have 21 wins, they're probably not getting uh, a top four or five draft pick. No. And that's important because their draft pick this year is top four protected, but if it's less than that, the pick goes to the Magic. Right, through the Vooch trade. Through the Vooch trade. So it's you almost have to say, yeah, you want to blow it up, but at this point you might as well wait it out and retool in the offseason because what are you really going to do? Well, and that's kind of where you're, you're just stuck, unfortunately. And I, th- mm-hmm. I think the Bulls are one of the most stuck teams in the NBA. I think they're in one of the most in unenviable positions. And and they have good players. Like, DeRozan's playing great. I think Levine has started to come on more recently. I know he was frustrated with his role in the offense, which, I mean, yeah, yeah it's, it is heavily mid-range based. Levine is more of a three guy. Um Vooch is good. He started to decline as soon as he got there, unfortunately. Like, he just is a little bit older now. Um, Again, not a bad player, but when you look at the return that they gave or what they gave up, I mean, you give up the picks and you gave up Wendell Carter Jr., who's obviously played pretty great in Orlando since going down there. Um, But again, I I don't really know what you do. Um, You know, part of it is unfortunate, too, via injury with Lonzo. Just Lonzo. Uh, it's just one of the sadder stories right now, being unable to just get on the court, continued knee issues. Um, I Yeah, you're right, because I don't think you can fully blow it up. I mean, I, I don't even know, like, if DeRozan becomes available, I don't know what the market is for him right now. Like, who would be able to scramble that fast? And Because he is such a unique player. Um, you know, I, I mean, the obvious example is the Lakers. But again, do the Lakers have enough like to get DeMar DeRozan? I, I don't think so. Do the, um, uh, do, do the Mavs goes, do the Mavs need him? Because they need yeah. somebody. <laughs> um, if, if the Bulls, the most thing the Bulls could do to set themselves up would be to trade Levine. It's just like after Zach Levine signed a big deal and and it's had been really great for them at some point. Like it does feel like they'd be selling a little lower. His numbers have ticked down um, compared to where they could have been. I mean, he was being billed as a near max guy. So, uh, more a lot more recently than not. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I don't think it doesn't feel like they're ready to do that. I don't think that they should be rushing to do that. I don't think you give players away, but I, I don't know what Chicago does. I think Chicago is in a really tough spot. It's not like Toronto where Toronto is disappointing, but Toronto's all their guys have value. Like I, everyone from OG Anubi to Gary Trent Jr. to yeah, even the vets, a, a Thad Young, a, a Chris Boucher, if they decide to get rid of him, like there are guys there who they'll be able to move to varying degrees of, of the return back. I mean, again, if they move Siakam, that's the that's a king's ransom. Like you're gonna have to pay a max deal to get the package essentially to get Siakam. Um, I, I did see the report of what the the Raptors valued their guys at, and I was laughing because I was like, wow, Masai Ujiri is just not even trying to be, be discreet about the leak. It felt like um, if they're hoping to get two first rounders for OG and Ubi, I think that's insane. Um, well, here's the thing: is is teams got to know like mathematically, Toronto, they're like they're pretty much at the luxury tax with the yeah. guys they have. Yep. So like the the league knows they have to do something, right? Especially well, if they're not walk. playing well. Well, a lot of them are going to walk though. That's the thing. Yeah. Gary Trent Jr. is a free agent. Van Vliet's right, a free the, agent. So they're both still clean but, up. But then at that point, why not? If you're the Raptors, get something for them. Oh, I agree. That's why I think they should blow yeah. it up. I think the team's going nowhere fast. Like I, I'm fully, right. and I and I think the Raptors more than anybody are probably going to determine how this goes. Like I think there are teams yeah. that, um. You know, for example, we're again we're going to talk about him here in a little bit. Does Memphis go in for OG and Ubi? It's going to cost a lot, but does that push you over the top? It might. 
You'd damn be damn close. I mean, they're damn close now. Like you've got a what good about, argument about, for the Memphis what, to win. What about our boy Sacramento? For OG or just in general? For OG, get a get a defensive wing, add him to the roster, young roster, exciting roster. Everybody's on the up. Um, no, you're not wrong. Man. I just I don't the think question... they can afford him. I think actually, I, I was looking this up. I think they have uh, they owe Atlanta a pick uh, for yeah, Kevin for Herter. Herter, so they might they might not be able to afford it if that's the price. But man, oh man, could you imagine? Sacramento where it is now adding OG like that would be fun dude be a lot of fun yeah Sacramento would be a great fit um I mean Gary Sherman Jr. she had a lot I mean shoot the basketball like I think every right, contender right, right, should right. be knocking and especially on a flyer I don't think it's going to take a ton um and of you know, course same- it doesn't help Van Vliet that he's shooting a career low uh three-point percentage this season so that no and they're probably going to want a lot that's the thing is it's like and it is a rental um like it'd be an expensive rental yeah. I don't know who goes out and does it. I think you're probably like, I don't know. It feels like Fred is probably staying. I yeah. think Pascal's staying. I think OG is going if anybody's going. Well, he's the one that's going to get you out. the most. Well, they're going to hold out for two first rounders, though. Like, I think they're going to be massively disappointed. Um, it, I, I, I want to go to Memphis, man. I think I, I really like that fit a lot. I just, I don't think Memphis is a push all in team. Would um, he would he be a bailout if he ended up going to the Lakers? Would he bail out the Lakers' problems? You no, think, no. The Lakers have too many to bail out. Like yeah. that's the thing is like what, a Lakers bailout does what? It gets them into the play-in game. Like the the biggest Lakers yeah. bailout that could happen is Anthony Davis staying on the court consistently. Well, like that's yeah. where you have would have reasons to have a little bit of optimism if he's able and to I think, keep going. And I think Woj put out he's supposed to be coming back again next week. I think from from this previous injury. Now it's hard I mean, to keep up. It's yeah, hard to I keep mean, up. Well, and he was playing. I mean, he was playing arguably the best basketball oh, right. in his career before he got hurt. So that's the thing is like, I do want to see him go uh, be on the floor here sooner than later. It's just, you know, a We're pattern still... is a pattern. There's no denying it. Agreed. Um, I mean, other teams to kind of keep an eye on just at the deadline. I mean, Utah is, an, is always one. We know what they're up to. Um, I don't think Utah is going to get radical and blow it up, blow it up. But I mean, I think anyone who's a veteran there, Jordan Clarkson specifically, I think will draw a lot of interest. Um, you know, Detroit's the same deal. I think anybody that's a veteran on Detroit is liable to get traded at this point. Um, they're really going in for Wemby too. Um, and I mean, there there are twelve wins. I mean, I, Detroit, Charlotte, and I think um, there. I would see Orlando's interesting because I want to see if they take calls. And I feel like again, another person that we've been talking about for years. They're playing better. I want to see if they take calls on Terrence Ross. Um, if there's any, I feel like there yeah, maybe interested. I feel like we thought Ross was going to move a lot. I wonder. Um, would Ross fit? Like, I feel like the Suns need to do something to kind of jumpstart the offense or, or just the, the vibes around the team right now. I mean, they're in 10th, they're two and eight in their last 10. I know there's been injuries and stuff, but like, I wonder if they do something that's a little bit of a splash to kind of like jump. Cause I don't think they need a big, like, I don't think they need that big star to like get the offense going, but I think they need a little spark, something that just like, Helps get everybody like, oh, yeah, we're the Suns. Let's start winning again. They got to do something because it seems like they don't like each other and they've been dealing with a lot of injuries and going nowhere fast. And I mean, there are bigger problems there, namely that Aiton hasn't really stepped up at all when Booker's been out um, when they've needed him to desperately. Mikhail Bridges has been good, but hasn't been, you know, maybe more of the offensive player that they hoped he would be again when uh, Booker's been out. So, um, but yeah, they're at. You know, when when you talk about the vibes being high for certain teams and and how that can help them win games, they're real low with Phoenix right now. 
Yeah, it's it's not great. Uh, it's not great for Phoenix at the moment. But either way, the uh, the trade deadline's coming up on February 9th. So we're gonna we're gonna see a little more jockeying and we'll start to, you know, really take a deeper dive as we start to see more specific rumors um floating around. But at least with those people, like I think Toronto are, are the big ones to watch. I think Pirtle's a big one to watch. I think that John Collins remains a big one to watch. You know, anything else. I but again, I don't think we're gonna see that massive superstar move. I think I think the biggest we end up seeing is if the Lakers can can do something and and Westbrook's involved. Yeah, I guess name wise, that would be yeah, that that's would be probably the biggest we would Westbrook. we would see. And if there's something more, then then we're all going to be surprised. But at least right now, that's kind of the vibe I'm getting is that's going to be the if we if we see something from the Lakers and Westbrook's involved, that's probably the biggest name wise move that we see. Yeah, absolutely. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled two on Ancona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It is time for Who's Ballin' and Who's Falling on the Drive and Dish podcast. Um, Giannis is past uh, Kevin Durant in the uh, all-star voting. He's a 5.9 million now. KD's at 5.8 million. Um, you know, KD's missed some time. It may have hurt him a little bit. Um, but regardless, if this holds, Giannis, of course, would be the co-captain with LeBron, which we've seen before, um, but instead of uh, LeBron versus KD again. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm cool with it. I mean, I guess we kind of talked about how we were surprised he was lower. So I guess the uh, the fan vote correcting itself a little bit. Maybe it was that uh, three for one Thursday where votes counted for three instead of one. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Hey, listen, Bucks fans so, going in. Listen, it's just okay. Uh, my balling is actually not basketball related. It is uh, my real one. Is we'll get to it in a second. But this is the sixth straight season where the AFC champ will be featuring the Jacksonville Jaguars or the Kansas City Chiefs in the game. Shout out to the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> that is nasty work. I appreciate it, but like that is insane. <laughs> I can't believe that's, I can't believe it's accurate. Number one. It is. It's portals in 2017. I absolutely lost to the Patriots. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, look, man, they're, Dougie P gets it done. I didn't. I thought they were going to beat the Chargers. I did not think it would happen that way. Um, You know, craziest one of the craziest comebacks in playoff history. Um, They're going to need to celebrating celebrating at a Waffle House afterwards is elite, and it's the Waffle House. It's the Waffle House you and I have been to numerous times. Wait, he was the beach one. Yes. Wait, the one on Beach Boulevard. Like you're talking. At Jack's Beach, or you're talking like, about other one yeah, on beach. At Jack's Beach, the chaos was there. It's like Bro, one why in. Did, the, why did Trev go to that on Saturday night? I, I again, like if the Shannon Sharp thing, we thought it was staged. I think this was planned with Waffle House. Like I thought it was, it might have been a thing because like 
Brent. Now, Waffle House doesn't need promo, bro. They got no commercials. Tre- sure. Tre- Trevor may have done it for his brand, for sure. Because, listen, like a I love brand. Waffle House. You love Waffle House. Yeah. Like, we know what it is in Jacksonville. Guess what? Like, it's, it's part of the culture. You got to love it. The next, it. the next day, people were like, what did Trevor order? I'm going to Waffle House and getting the Trevor. You got to put a waffle. He's got good taste. That's the yeah. best thing at Waffle House, in my opinion. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, Justin oh. had it. Oh. Wow. I don't like I don't like pecans. Okay, that's fine then. I'm like, bro, that pecan waffle, like that changed my life. I didn't <laughs> Did know you see about by that. the I saw there's a episode when he went, um, the dude who he went with would order it, and I was like, whoa, this is a thing. And cool, uh, let me tell you something. Not for me. I the more power move was Trevor Lawrence drinking a coffee at one in the morning and then going home and and I guess going to sleep. Like, what? Um, either way, my actual ball and is uh, the Denver Nuggets, who now hold the longest win streak in the league at nine. It was the Grizzlies who were going for 12, uh, but Shannon Sharp was able to shut it down. <laughs> and the Lakers. Uh, no love for Dennis Schroeder, huh? <laughs> we got nothing for Dennis. Makes the defensive play and the, gets the uh, and one layup to win the game. Nope, nope. Uh, but the Lakers defeated them at 11. So now the Denver Nuggets hold the longest win streak. It's at nine. So congrats to them. Yeah, I mean, we're going to get into this in a little bit, so I'm, I'm literally going to punt and just go right to Fallen because I want to talk heavily about Denver and Memphis because yeah. it, as the West starts to distance itself out, like, we're here. We're at the halfway point. Like, well, yeah. we need to start get, Like, look, I know I've been beating the Denver drum all year. I'm pretty convinced Denver might win the finals at this point. Like, I'm there. I'm ready to put, like, I'm there, Justin. I'm just saying. Jokic is, like, dude, I'm I'm everybody, though. They surrounded the squad. He's got shooters. The wings make sense. Like, everybody's healthy. I just worry about. I bought it. I bought the stock ages ago. I'm off. I I just worry about the minutes and and does it uh, the season wear down on them? I wonder. Uh, But to that, my fallen, we lead right into the NBA top selling jerseys. It was announced. Uh, They put out a nice little infographic for us. Steph Curry, number one, LeBron James, number two, Giannis, number three, Luka, number four, Kevin Durant, five, John Morant, six, Tatum, seven, Booker, eight, uh, Embiid, nine, Lillard, 10, Trey Young, 11, LaMelo, 12, Anthony Davis, 13, Zion, 14, Kyrie, 15. Guess who's missing? Yo, boy, Jokic. (laughs) Not in the top 15? Come on. I agree. I some of the ones towards the bottom surprise me. I think the top five should surprise no one. Like that's the most chalky top five ever. Um, yeah, well, anything- but, but but even but even that, like I would imagine, like Curry, LeBron, Giannis, Durant, they've been around for a while. So in my mind, like I could see a, a Morant, a Jaw, and maybe a Tatum, like well, starting so that, to sneak so that in was there. Be my take is that yeah. Jaw is a bona fide star. Like, and yeah. I think we've known this for a while. But like when you talk about the young faces of the league, you know, you mentioned Zion. Zion's been getting a lot more recently this year. Obviously, Luca, I think, is the guy. Tatum, in terms of winning, is right there, and I think he's right behind him on jersey sales too. But it's like you know, yeah. when you talk to the casuals, the people who maybe don't watch the NBA as much they as know the ja. number one sport yeah jaws a guy jaws that guy like they know he yeah is, like he's beloved around the league yeah and and i think you know I, I think that's the only surprise i had where like you could convince me that maybe like maybe uh, i feel like lebron's kind of in a whole thing maybe steph's in his own thing but maybe like a Giannis and a kevin durant start to slip a little for the younger guys like a luca oh, you think and a ja. does right now I, I don't know. I uh, Kevin I Durant more than yeah, White, I, Durant more than them. But 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 even so, like a Morant, a Tatum, um, you know, uh, maybe even Zion, who is at fourteen. Like like I'm surprised Anthony Davis is above him, honestly. 
That's just um, the Laker fan base. I mean, that yeah. th- that is as simply as that. Like that's yeah. what it all comes down to for me. Um, you know, the Warriors are the team right now too. But I what I find funny, stratosphere. What I also find funny is obviously on that out of that fifteen, no New York teams, but in the top selling jersey markets, Lakers are one. Um, you go all through. Whoa, Knicks are Brooklyn? top ten. Brooklyn's eight. No, 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 but I'm talking about Knicks. I'm talking oh, okay. about Knicks. I was just saying, wait, 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 Brooklyn's not New York anymore? No, well, yeah, they are, but 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 Knicks is who I, you know, New York Knicks. Well, so who would be the, I mean, if you're a Knicks fan, because this does get, in, this actually gets into my ball, and my ball, or my fallen, I should say. My fallen is Mitchell Robinson, and it, it's nothing personal. He's just missing three weeks. He's kind of having a thumb procedure. Sure. Um, but he's really, um, you know, Mitchell's really turned his season around, kind of started slow, um, but the Knicks are eight points per 100 possessions better when he's on the floor as center. Um, could be a little bit longer. Um, that's been kind of unfortunate. Obviously, defensively is his biggest impact, without a doubt, right off rip. Um, you know, hopefully he gets back here sooner than later for the end of the season. Um, I don't think it's going to be something that totally shuts him down. Um, yeah, I don't know if, if I'm buying a Knicks jersey right now. I mean, my my initial thought is RJ Barrett, just because so he's young, he'd be the RJ, upside guy long term. RJ last year. According to an article I was just quickly able to pull up, he was in the top 15 players for Jersey sale. So I would imagine he's still up there. He's just not in the top 15. Maybe he drops. He's at 16 or 17 or whatever. So maybe that then justifies the Knicks sells being in the top 10. Like, because again, top it's selling Randall. Like, I don't know who else you would buy. Like, it's him well, Randall. But it could be, it could be throwback, right? Like the bulls are up there and you know, that's Jordan stuff. Yeah. If I'm okay. So if, if I'm doing team merch and I'm buying throwback, right. yeah, it's a different story. I mean, I mean for the Knicks, like, yeah, you'll always any, a Patrick Ewing Jersey right. will always work. Right, right, right. So that's my point is Carmelo is, Anthony Knicks Jersey will always work. And that's my point is, is the Knicks are still top 10 in the league for merch sales. The bulls are top five in the league for merch sales. And that's driven off their history. Yeah. And a lot where like, I wonder, you know, if we get to a point where in our top selling NBA jerseys, we see a Knicks player get back into the top 15. Maybe it's an RJ Barrett. Maybe it's someone else, but get back to a point where they are in the top 15. If they land anybody that's on the caliber of the bona fide stars <laughs> in the top ten, they'll be there. Like well, they like, will like, be there. Like, uh, well, I wonder where I wonder where Jalen Brunson is on this list. To be honest with you, I can't imagine that high. And I mean, he's somebody that that's a good call. That's actually somebody I would maybe invest in if I was a Knicks fan. Um, if I was going Jersey route, but like, look at the end of the day, like Jalen Brunson has broke out a little bit, but it's not like he's that much of a household name, right? Yeah, he probably pissed off some New York fans too because he wore wore a Jalen Hurts jersey before the Knicks game the other day. Oh, that is uh, great! No, shout out to listen, Jalen and Jalen. I appreciate it because Jalen Brunson with a Nova, so like that's not even a, a he hard. It. Yeah, he's not from Philly like that, so like he's just no, you but, know the fact that he's repping a little bit, having gone to school in Nova, like you know, shout out J- Jalen Brunson, come home, baby, let's go. Uh, <laughs> well, there you go. So that's uh, that's my fall, and I guess that transitions us to. The thoughts about the West, we've kind of already given a few of those, um, and we'll just kind of run through it quick. But but obviously, the two main teams to talk about are the teams that are number one and number, well, I guess technically in the league, what, number number two and three. Uh, Celtics have a better record than them, but in the West, they're number one and two. The Nuggets, the Grizzlies, who are essentially bouncing back and forth. Um, you know, Nuggets on a nine-game win streak. Grizzlies technically just lost, but they were on an 11-game win streak. Um, you know, here we are. I, I think both teams are phenomenal. I think 
I, I think I'm with you, and I believe in the Nuggets a little bit more than the Grizzlies, and I don't know if that's because Jokic is just a bigger human being than John Moran. <laughs> it, <laughs> might, it honestly might be. Um, I mean, so the Grizzlies in that matchup have Jaron Jackson, which obviously will be huge. I think he's of one of, if not the best defensive player in the league this season. I think he's going to win DPOY. He's up for it, a little yeah. bit last week. Go back and check out our midseason award predictions if you want to listen to that. I just think we're like we're not giving them enough credit that those two should be the overwhelming favorites. I guess that's my biggest point right now. Is like I look at the Western Conference and in the it's West, just right? Really in wide. the West, I'm talking for the West. Yeah, I'm not yeah, talking. Okay, the, oh, yeah. the East is a little different. I'm talking for the West because um, it's. I mean, it's more wide open than it's really ever been. Um, I, I mean, the craziest. I mean, you talk about like after Denver and Memphis, who were we looking at? It legitimately might be Sacramento. It's Sacramento or the Pels, maybe. I mean, the Pels have, have dealt with a ton of injuries recently. Like, when they get Zion and B.I. back, you imagine they'll be competing right there. Um, I mean, Sacramento, they've, they've won six in a row themselves going into this. They've got the mm-hmm. Sixers tonight on a back-to-back, so it'll be interesting to see if that streak keeps going. But, like, you know, Dallas we talked about is flawed. The Clippers, we talked about being title contenders. They're 24 and 24 at this point. Yeah, like I don't the Warriors know are 23 yeah. and 23. Now, the Warriors look great against Boston. I know they lost, but they looked like they're starting to kick it into gear. That, of course, is the one team I'm never going to rule out. Like, they've done this before. Utah, great story, kind of a limit. Minnesota hasn't really given us any indication they're going to make that run. Phoenix has got to get healthy. You know, I, it is really – I mean, it. I mean, the po- overall point differential, Memphis is beating them or beating Denver, I should say, a little bit. Uh, Memphis is plus 5.7 right now. Denver's plus 4.5. Yeah, I don't... I mean, I'm I'm really high on both these teams. Memphis is a tick better defensively uh, than Denver is. Their offensive ratings, or their points per game, I should say, are actually quite literally the same. Um, Denver's been better at home, but not really. They've just played two more there. Um, Yeah, I mean, Memphis, it's, it's tough because you... The argument for Memphis, to me, not beyond X's and O's, is that they've been here before, right? That this core has been here. They played meaningful games. Like, they've been in the playoffs. They're not new to this. I don't think Denver is, though, either. Like, Jamal Murray played in the bubble. Jokic has played the last two years. Like, the thing with Denver is it's always been, can they get healthy? All their role guys were in the playoffs last year playing meaningful minutes. Like, this is not a young, darling, up-and-coming team. Um, both of them are extremely well coached with Mike Malone and Taylor Jenkins. Like, I think we need to start giving them credit. It's like, yeah, that it looks like our Western Harvest Finals matchup. Like, we talked about all these other teams. These two are pulling away from the pack. Mm-hmm. I, and that's kind of what I, uh, I've i been, you know, thinking myself. I mean, Denver Nuggets, like you said, the best offensive rated uh, team in the league. The Grizzlies, the best defensive rated team in the league. And in terms of uh, net rating, I, th- I think you mentioned this, Memphis above the Nuggets and and the only other team that's in that range of offensive rating, defensive rating, net rating, the only one better is Boston Celtics. And to me, right now, those are the three teams. Grizzlies, Nuggets, Boston. Yeah, I, Boston is for sure the, the favorite in the East still to me. Um, I give the Sixers some credit, man. The Sixers are 17-3 and three in their last 10. They played a lot better defensively. Harden's playing great in terms mm-hmm. of, of switching into more of a point guard role. My issue with the Sixers is always going to be like, yo, win a second round series. Like I've seen this in the regular season before. Um, I they look great out on the West Coast. Hopefully that sure. continues again. They they likewise have Sacramento tonight. It's gonna be a tough test. Um, 
but they're still kind of in prove it mode. The Bucks have been slipping a little bit. I a lot of injuries there. I think Giannis is banged up right now too, which isn't helping. Um, you know, Brooklyn again slipping a little bit without KD. They're going to get him back. You don't want to really get too hasty there. I think like the teams that are just a tick behind Boston in the East, I think are maybe a little bit better than the ones that are behind Denver and um, not Milwaukee, uh, Memphis in the West. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think like with Denver and Memphis, I'm picking straws. With Boston, like I do, I, I think they're the clear favorite right now in the East. Like I think there are teams that can give them a run for sure, but until I see otherwise, and again, Boston going and get Pirtle could only get even better. I know, and that's what makes me worried. Is like that in my mind, the Boston Celtics don't need anybody to make him better. So if they go and get somebody that makes him better, it's like, damn it! <laughs> Imagine if they got Gallinari. Like that's what's crazy too. Is like they picked up Gallo. Gallo would be great for them. He just unfortunately isn't going to play with the ACL injury. But yeah. you know, listen, Boston's front office has been making moves. I mean, last oh, yeah. year at the deadline, Derek White was a great pickup for them at the deadline. Of course, of course, I agree. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of the Driving Dish NBA podcast. Appreciate you guys, as always. Leave us a review on iTunes, good or bad. We will read them on the podcast. If you're not an Apple user, we're everywhere. You can find a podcast. You know where to go at this point. If you've listened to an hour and four of this. Yeah, you know we're on YouTube. There's a video version there. Uh, That is where you can subscribe to find out about more episodes down the line. I think we've done enough dancing for today. So why don't we dance Wednesday? See you, Starside. Okay, well, I'm out of here. Hey! All right, I think they get the point. <laughs> <laughs>